economic empowerment is very, very important. Because the decision-making power that getting income gives you in any society is, is clear, we know it. Violence against women, it's, it's not a good thing to do. So why, if we are living together, our sisters and our mothers, why, why do we need to create violence against them? We need to understand that there are girls in this world who don't have access to menstrual health and hygiene and who don't have access to menstrual products when they have their menstruation. And we need to put an end to that. You're listening to The Lid Is On with me, Connor Lennon. This is the second of our mini-series recorded in The Gambia, the smallest country on the African mainland, which has been going through a transition to full democracy, stronger institutions and a more developed economy since the end of a dictatorship that lasted more than 20 years and ended in 2017. The UN has been a strong partner in this transition and several agencies, most of them based at UN House in the capital, Banjul, are working closely with the national and local authorities as well as civil society to accompany Gambians on this journey. Improving prospects for women and girls is an important part of the transition and many UN programs, whether related to climate, migration or any other area related to development, have a gender element to them. Hi, nice to meet you. At this workshop in Basse, the most inland part of the Gambia, a team of women are producing recyclable, high-quality sanitary pads. The workshop is run by the UN Sexual and Reproductive Health Agency, UNFPA, and run by the Network Against Gender Violence. And the pads are distributed for free in schools. The aim is to promote menstrual health in a country where period poverty, meaning an inability to afford menstrual products, can lead to extremely negative consequences for women and girls. Nde Rose Saar, the head of the Gambia office of UNFPA, explained why projects like this are so important for women in the country, particularly in places such as Basse. Basse is in the upper region of, uh, of the Gambia. Uh, it's a rural area. There are a lot of girls who, who stay out of school. Uh, for many reasons. So uh, it was one way of, uh, first of all, uh, keeping some of the girls in school, but also the component of uh, women's economic empowerment is very, very important because the decision-making uh, power that getting income gives you in any society is, is clear, we know it. And so um, by uh, giving them these opportunities, I think we are making a difference in that rural area. The issue of uh, period poverty is uh, across the country, yeah? but uh, if you are in a rural area, it's, it's even more acute. So you will, you will menstruate and you will not have access to, to, to sanitary pads, whether they are um, disposable or, or usable. And so we came up with this project, um, uh, knowing that uh, some of these girls will not go to school because of the lack of uh, sanitary pads. And it's also an, a way of empowering young, young women in those communities uh, because now they have a, a secure job using uh, the machines to, to learn new skills and also at the same time helping their communities uh, get what they want. Girls might have taken a considerable amount of time out of school every year. Uh, at least um, a minimum of five days. So it's a lot per month. It means that you've missed 48 days or 50 days out of a school year. It's a lot. So um, boys will have uh, an advantage because they will be attending school more often than girls. And are you seeing that in the school results that girls are suffering? Absolutely. And if you, I mean, not only that, even if you had the menstrual pad, there's also the whole issue of 
availability of uh, the proper toilets, water, and also where is the toilet uh, situated in the in the in the compound where you go to school, so that you are not also molested or you know bullied by your peers because maybe you have stained your clothes or you know anything like that can happen. When girls are menstruating, you said they might stain their clothes. They don't have any protection, or they just improvise. What kind of materials would they be using? I mean, uh, it goes from uh, cotton pads to piece of clothes, anything that you'll be able to to make yourself at home. And are there hygiene issues associated? Of course. So there's not only the the, the period uh, poverty. There's also the fact that uh, you you may get uh, some other disease. Why recyclable pads? So we are in a country where uh, climate change is a big issue uh, and uh, also the environmental issues are in general, you know, how um, objects are being disposed of and everything. And we thought that uh, having, first of all, something that a girl can use again and again uh, in terms of cost is, is very efficient. And, and second, the fact that it's not going to be uh, thrown out in the environment, which happens with the regular um, disposable pads, is one way of uh, contributing to, to the limitation of climate change. Uh. This is the machines we sew from Monday to Thursday. But sewing is not easy from morning to four. So it's good at least a day. Even if we don't do nothing, at least we, be, we do a lesser work. This is David Akadi, a former social worker from the region and currently the manager of the workshop. It is a project to empower vulnerable women and to reduce also um, gender inequality and also to um, promote also menstrual health and also when I say to reduce um, gender inequality because um, if you see um, so many girls could not um, further their education or complete their schooling especially when they are, um, in the, when they are um, seeing their period it used to be tough for them so they used to stay at home, some of them. But when this project started, you can you have the pad, very comfortable. Even if you are senior period, you can go to school, learn, as well as others. So life goes on. We have women and girls as well. And some of them um, find it difficult to, to assess menstrual products. Most especially students, it, it affects your education. So some of them as well, some women, maybe due to poverty, so they cannot afford some of the parts. All of the women employed here are in some way vulnerable, but Fatimata Fati has perhaps undergone the hardest struggle in order to get here. She has an undiagnosed condition that means she's unable to walk and has difficulty using her hands. And A. Rosar told me how Ms. Fati came to be employed at the workshop. UNFPA, as many other UN agents, I mean all UN agencies, have in the Sustainable Development Goals uh, the principle of leaving no one behind. So uh, in that spirit, uh, we found this young girl and, uh, you know, actually it, in the beginning it wasn't that easy, but we were able to, to convince her that, uh, you know, she was able to, to work in the factory. And today we are very happy to report that she's very, very happy and, and skillful, which gives her, gives her also a leverage in life. Monday to Friday, Ms. Fatty leaves home early, pushing her wheelchair along bumpy, uneven dirt tracks to get to work. Sometimes a passerby will help her to navigate the more difficult passages, sometimes she has to manage on her own. The journey usually takes her about an hour, but during the rainy season, when some roads are impassable, 
it can take more than two. Comparing the distance from our home to the workplace is not easy because it's far. And our wheelchair is not also up to standard, which is also another challenge to her. Materials from, uh, from the table behind to her machine, she will snap them, put buttons on them, then from there they will be packaged and be kept. Jenta, she's kind of happy because she is coming here, meeting people, working together with people as well. That also um, gives her some joy because whenever she's here, at times she used to forget she's disabled. David Akadi, working every day with his team of women, is clearly dedicated to supporting them, but he admits there's a long way to go to change attitudes. I have friends, male friends. They see me, well, you are always there for women. You are always backing women. I say, no, you don't understand. If you don't do social work deep, you won't understand why bothering um, violence against women, it's, it's not a good thing to do. So why, if we are living together, our sisters and our mothers, why, why do we need to create violence against them? There's also a long way to go to safeguard women's reproductive rights and health in the Gambia. But as Nde Rosar from UNFPA told me, the impact of this project is already being felt. The menstrual pads are distributed uh, in communities. We go to schools, and when we, we go to those schools to, uh, to distribute the pads, we also take the opportunity to talk about uh, bodily autonomy, uh, comprehensive health education, you know, so they know more about their bodies, what is happening to them, what is okay, what is not okay, you know, so, some, someone not touching their breasts and all of that. So it gives us also the opportunity of talking about sexual reproductive health with these young girls. Uh, and it also gives them the opportunity of getting uh, these pads that they can take home and use at least for six months until they can come back and get more. It's important to teach young girls uh, how to take care of themselves when they have their menstruation and also to talk about uh, the access to menstrual products when they, when they have their menstruation. We need to understand that there are girls in this world who don't have access to menstrual health and hygiene and who don't have access to menstrual products when they have their menstruation. And we need to put an end to that. Andei Rosar, head of the UN Sexual and Reproductive Health Agency in the Gambia, ending this episode of The Lid Is On. Thanks to the UNCDF Gambia team and the UNFBA team for making this episode possible. We'll stay in the Gambia next week, where we'll turn to an issue facing every country, the climate crisis. Here, one of the main consequences has been more unpredictable rainfall patterns and flooding. Like many other less developed economies, the effects of the crisis are having a disproportionate effect on the Gambia, where most people have few resources to help them cope. We'll find out how the authorities, the UN and the private sector are trying to adapt to this new reality and make the country's voice heard on the international stage at the UN Climate Conference, better known as COP.